Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone, welcome to this week's episode of... Oh, I've just done a little spit. It's not a great way to start, but it's how we have chosen to start. You don't uh, want to start again? I don't think so, no. I want people to see me, warts and all, like Oliver Cromwell without the genocide. Uh, hello, the point is, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the National Treasures Podcast with me, Will Duggan, and you. Laura Lex. Laura Lex. It's a very exciting episode today because this is the first in our... Not only this new new series, but this new format within this new series. So you're hearing this for the first time, but we've never done one like this before. So we are trepidatious, excited, sexually aroused. It's all going on right now. This is our third episode in our little Imperial War Museum Duxford series. So a couple of weeks ago, you heard Laura and I go and have a great time at the Imperial War Museum Duxford. Then last week, you saw us have a wonderful chat with Ed Byrne. And then this week, we've given it over to you. We gave you a poll. You voted on your two favourite things. So this week is a deep dive from Laura to me about what, Laura? Concord. Concord. Is it good? Um, I don't really know. I'm nervous, to be honest, because Patreon listeners are quite used to us chatting with each other because every week we do a Patreon podcast called Years and Years where one of us researches a single year in history and tells the other one about it. Um, and that is always fun. So we thought, hey, why wouldn't this format be fun on the main flavour? Um, what worried me when I was doing this Concord research was that when we do years and years, we research the year quite thoroughly and pick out all the best bits. Whereas today, it's just some quite dry facts about a plane. So really, I think you've got to do quite a lot of heavy lifting on making this shit interesting, William. I refuse to. <laughs> Then switch your podcast <laughs> off now, everyone. Go somewhere else. <laughs> I'm going to sit here silently while you tell me something. And every time I feel a natural cadence in what you're talking about, I'm just going to go, fucking hell, that was boring. And then be silent until the next one. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. What's more, I'm worried it's boring. And I didn't really understand any of it. Will, do you know, like I sat there this afternoon looking at this and there was so much detail on wing shapes and lift and drag and I like none of that made any sense to me when we were in the museum and they were giving us those children's exercises on how to understand it so sitting and under, reading a deep dive on it I was just like oh no I've made a huge mistake how come Will got to do sexy ladies and I had to do this 
Also, the fact that I've got to do Sexy Ladies, our friend Charlotte, who we interviewed for the burlesque thing on the YouTube yeah. interviews, she sent me a text being, I know everything about this. I'll just send it to you. My research oh. is, Charlotte, tell me everything. It's going to be a great no. episode next week. But unfortunately, you're not listening to next week's episode. You're listening to this week. Oh, also, Laura, I'll tell you this. Do you remember mm. when I went over on my um, ankle in January and really oh, hurt yeah, myself? Oh, yeah, and it went massive, big, yeah. I've done it again, mate. Have you? Yeah, Becca rolled her ankle like three times in two days. Then yeah. I did it once out of like sympathy mainly. Got a massive bloody, got a massive uh, bruise like just straight away. That's the bloody cobblestones of Edinburgh for you, mate. Dangerous place it, to be. It's the cobblestones of Edinburgh, mate. It's a dangerous place to be. Hurry up and um, come back to Brighton, please. Two more weeks, bebe. Oh, you're going to get back just as I go away. Where are you going? I don't know. I'm going to book my holiday tonight. Hey, that's great stuff. Yeah, we were thinking of going to Croatia, but for some reason I just haven't booked it. And every time I sit down to look at it, I just get a bit freaked out because I don't really know anything about Croatia. So I don't know what to book, so it feels too big to do. So Tom and I are going to sit down together tonight and book it together. I've been to Croatia. Yeah? I've been to Zada, to Zagreb, and to Dubrovnik. All wonderful. Well, I want to go to Dubrovnik. Well, I loved it very right. much in Dubrovnik. Can you send me a picture of where I should book a hotel so I can walk into town? Uh, no, I went about 15 years ago. I don't remember okay, that well. well I, sh- I drank useless. a lot. Did you the... fly there on Concord, William? I drove there. To, to Croatia? Yeah, when I was uh, 19, 20, I drove from London through uh, France and Hungary and Croatia and the Czech Republic and Slovakia and Slovenia. Um, not in that order, obviously. Switzerland, Germany. Went driving through Europe for a few weeks with some friends. Oh. We left the car, we abandoned it. <laughs> Ah, <gasps> William. I don't care. You're such a little rebel, weren't you? Legend. Now you're just a little naughty comedian doing a niche podcast about days out. Oh yeah, it really is quite the uh, quite it really is quite the turn of events in my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. What do you want to know about Concord? Everything. Well, what does the name okay. Concord mean? Oh, well, Ed Byrne told us this last week, so actually I knew this. It is, oh, but here's a fact I didn't know. Um, here we call it Concorde with no E, and in France they call it Le Concorde with an E. I don't think we do call it Concorde without an E. <laughs> I don't think we call it Le Concorde. I think we call it Concorde, but definitely no, with an E. the French call it Le Concorde. Yeah, but I don't think we, the British, do, but we definitely put an E no, on I the No, I know end. we, that's what my friend was that we call it Concord and they call it Le Concord. So what's this E got to do with anything? Oh, maybe that was just how it's spelt in French, and but it was the same as the English word. I told you I didn't understand much of the research. <laughs> Please don't tell me that my facts are wrong straight away. I'll be honest with you, mate. When you said you didn't understand much of the research, I thought we'd get beyond how to spell the name of the plane <laughs> without well, any issue. We didn't, so sucks to be you. <laughs> So, right, I've split my research then. So we've got beginning, getting going and ending. And then a couple of facts at the end. Um, Great. So, how did Concord begin? When a mummy plane and a daddy plane love each other very, very much, they go into the uh, hangar and they have a special little plane cuddle. And nine months later, a tiny little jet engine is born. (laughs) 
Well, according to you, they do look like birds. So you would say they hatch out of a tiny egg. They do look like birds, though. Like that is mm. like by design. It's not a mistake. <laughs> they purposefully look. Concord like... doesn't really look like a bird, though. Mm. Okay. Because so the wings are different. How does it begin, Laura? So it begins in the fifties, actually. Okay. In the early fifties, the head of the Royal Aircraft Establishment. Ra. He. Pardon. Uh, Ray, R-A-E. Yeah, R-A-E. I will refer to them as the R-A-E later, and when I definitely forget what that stands for, that's what it stands for. Royal Aircraft Establishment. Um, they ask this Welsh guy, Morian Morgan, Morian Morgan, to see if supersonic transport could be a thing. Was he a handsome man? Uh, let's say yes. Great. I'm going to say he was about five foot ten, mm. bald head, Big bushy beard, blue eyes, bit squinty like a mole. Wait a minute, this is me. Absolutely <laughs> stacked on the shoulders. You are you are describing me. What? <laughs> I just miss you, Will. I thought it was really a compliment. Thanks, buddy. I am handsome, though. You are handsome. Um, so, Maury and Morgan, who looks weirdly like Will Duggan, um, he sets about with a little team of people to see if supersonic transport could be a thing. And they started looking into it, but basically, and when I say basically, I really mean the word basically. Sure. <laughs> they needed to reduce wing drag to okay. make supersonic flight be a thing. I think that was the main thing holding them back. Gotcha. Um, so, and actually, you said you didn't like missiles when we were at IWM, but missiles was what they studied to see how thin a wing you could get to work. Okay. Like a paper aeroplane? Yeah, kind of. Like, yeah, they, they sort of looked at missiles, which I guess missiles must go fast or something. I don't know why they looked at missiles. They looked at missiles to see about new types of wings. Um, so then they found, they were like, oh, hello, we've got this new type of wing, and it was a short span, so not very wide out of the fuselage, the body of the plane, uh, quite thin and trapezoidal shaped. Okay. So like a trapeze shape? Trapezoid, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. It was that shape. And <laughs> that worked. <laughs> that They could get those to fly. Um, but they they because of something about lift and drag, like because of reducing the wings to slow the drag down, it meant that getting lift was fucking hard now so in order to get them off the ground they had to have these massive runways and what's described as frighteningly high landing speeds that i hate the word frightening when you're talking about air, air con- yeah who so it's who, like you'll get to new york in three and a half hours but you will have shit yourself when you get there who is the comedian who says the only two words that i think should never go together are the words aircraft and experimental <laughs> I think they did have to have specialist pilots to, um, like, practice landing and, and taking these things off because they were so different. How do you mean? Like, like specially trained? It was different a way to land, you mean? Yeah, I think flying them was really different, you know, because all the things that you'd expect them to do with the air currents and stuff just didn't necessarily happen because they were such a different shape. I got you. Um. Yeah, so they had a look at that, and basically the the results of that report, they were kind of like, I don't really think supersonic transport's going to be possible because 
if we can get it to work, it's going to be very expensive. So that's only fancy people doing it. Mm -hmm. And they are not going to want to be covered in vomit from how fast we land when they get places. I got you. So they said, like, put this on the back burner, but we can carry on studying supersonic aerodynamics so we can carry on trying to understand it. Sure. Um, Then, imagine an ellipsis, uh, like a dot, 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 you know? Mm -hmm. I got you. Imagine one of them. And the one of them contains a lot of science. A lot of science. Yeah. So just imagine a lot of science happens mm-hmm. and that, that a comedian did read every word of angrily in her garden and then boiled it down to the sentence, then quite a lot of science happened. Got you. So basically, they were doing some science... Then, after the trapezoid and the frightening landing speed and the specialist pilots, they just thought, we need to do some more science. Yeah, I'm guessing they're down at the pond, they're having a look at ducks, they're catching the fastest ducks, which in itself is quite difficult. They're putting them in wind turbines to see how they fly even faster, and they're learning a lot from... Sorry, you heard the word science, and you thought they're putting ducks in wind turbines. (laughs) Yeah, you know, to see how how's nature doing it. There well, I is nature's not doing. There things, is a line between I don't understand this and I imagine they're putting ducks in wind turbines. All right, well, what science do you imagine's happening? Wind resistance, drag. Yeah, I said that with the ducks. Why are they ducks? Because ducks can fly. Not at super. Not even close to supersonic speeds. I'd look. Well, at neither like, is anything doing that at this point. So they, they can't study something that flies at supersonic speed because nothing does. Kestrels are closer. All right. It might substitute kestrels for ducks then. And substitute wind tunnels for. Your um, turn. Well, what's wrong with the wind tunnel part? <coughs> nothing really. Okay, so it's kestrels in a wind tunnel. Yeah. Oh, that Fine. sounds like a good um, band name, doesn't it? Kestrels in a Wind Should we start a band? No, let's let's continue a podcast. Okay, I finished my tea. Um, so, dot dot dot. Science happens, and some other people at the RAE yes. they invented a new wing called the Slender Delta concept. Okay. And that just changed everything. So, <laughs> it says in capitals here, I think, Bloody I hell. might be wrong. We've gone from ducks in a wind tunnel to ass sentence back to lack of knowledge. Yeah, but I think I understood this. I think, and having looked at a Concorde quite a lot, I think I'm right. I think what they realised was, excuse me for a small burp. You're having an absolute mare here. <laughs> I told you I was nervous about this one. You know Why? nothing, but you're punctuating your time by smashing down the biggest <laughs> cup of tea I've ever seen and then burping all over the place. This this is like a fucking Franz Kafka play. <laughs> Brief moments of idiocy punctuated by burps and slurps. Join the Patreon for more. <coughs> so, so, I think... What they realised was you you could make the short span of the wings work, which was what you needed for the supersonic, but if you stretched the wings all along the fuselage, it fixed a lot of the issues of okay. the like lack of lift. So and you you could stuff. remain thin, but you had to be long. 
Yes, like a supermodel. Yeah, okay. I could be as skinny as you like. I'm never going to be a model. Because you're tiny, tiny, I... tiny. Yeah. You're really short. Foot two, you know. You're disgustingly fine. short. I was so kind about the way you looked. Why are you being rude? Because I lost all respect for you when you said ducks in a wind tunnel and I've decided to be <laughs> nasty. <laughs> Changed it to care. Oh, fuck you, Will. Anyway, so <laughs> the, the, that wing gets invented, and suddenly supersonic flight is back on the bloody table. It's back on the menu, isn't it? It is. So they started getting some model planes going, um, and it was working, but the big problem is that they were cannoning through fuel. Okay. Um, but it, nobody cared about that because it was back in the 60s and 70s. So they were just like, hey. And an upside to all this flying is that the ozone layer is getting thin, so it'll be easier to go to the moon. Woohoo! Um, so then the French and the British teamed up to work on the same thing. Uh, it was called Concorde. Hurrah! Hurrah! Le Concorde. With an A either um, way, though. There was uh, there was like some slight um, scandals, William, um, in that uh, the our team. They had done a load of work and then they sort of met up with the French because it was super expensive. So, like, maybe we should split this across a couple of governments, you know. Mm. And then when they looked at the French stuff, they were like, oh, my God, guys, we've practically come up with the same invention. This is crazy. And then it turns out someone had given the French people all the notes from the British people. <laughs> what is it with the British and the French? Why are we so... Why do we try and do each other over? We're 20 miles apart. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure that, like, I think at the minute, I live closer to Paris than I do to my sister. Not right now, I'm in Edinburgh, but, like, normally my house is closer to Paris than it is to where my sister lives in Liverpool. We're the same country, essentially. Let's just be yeah. pals. And even but I think that's the problem, that we were the same country for so long and so everything got fought over by kings and stuff, wasn't it? Move on, kings. No gods, no kings, no masters. Do you know my favourite geography fact is that Edinburgh is further west than Bristol? I did know that, and it's a good fact. It's a great fact. Um, so. I also Here's a good fact, geographically. Yeah. Um, did you know that actually Bristol is more east than Edinburgh? Holy shit. <laughs> also, uh, Bristol is further north than Edinburgh. No. Yeah, but you were confused for a second. You, your, you. your little face just got like, no, the world is wrong. <laughs> End oh. this now. Grow up, William. Um, and I take back saying that you are handsome. Um, so the French, so they agreed to work together. And basically, so the French didn't have modern large jet engines, but I think British engines were so good at the time that they were, they'd always assumed that they'd buy Legends. a British design. I think it was a Rolls-Royce was the eventual I think um, it was, Concorde yes. engine. I was hearing um, that on the, uh, when we went to IWM. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, this bit really made me feel a bit goopy about um, flight. I'm not really scared of flying, but then this just was like, stop it, lads. Let's leave the sky alone. Um, so neither company had the experience necessary to know like exactly what metals to use. Um, so they decided to use aluminium frames, mm -hmm. um, which then gave them um, a, a top speed limit of Mach 2, 
because above Mach 2, the friction with the air would warm the plane up so much that the aluminium would soften. Oh, my God. Doesn't that make you feel a bit... Oh, no. Well, I'll be honest with you, it would make me feel worse if we hadn't realised it and then the plane that's had just melted point. somewhere over the Atlantic. Yeah, that's what a What a nightmare. That would be sat there like fucking Wonder Woman in her invisible plane, but not <laughs> sc- screaming as you fall to the ground. Yeah. So, yeah, so they went... At a frightening so we speed. go up to Mach 2, which was a little bit slower, I think, than they... <coughs> sort of thought might be possible or might have been aiming for. But, as is oft the case, there's a slight race going with the Europeans versus the Americans and who's going to get this plane to market first. To market. So they're like, if we go a little bit slower, we'll get in before the Americans will. Great. So, they finished it all up. Well done, we've got a plane. And then it went to market. It did not sell as well as they'd hoped. Okay. Um, for several million reasons, um, it was way more expensive than anybody thought it would. Do you want to guess at how much it cost? So I've got how much it cost, a unit cost in 1977 and what that's equivalent to in 2021. So for one plane? Yeah. Um, well, obviously it's going to be expensive, isn't it? So yeah, I and don't this is know. obviously factoring the development costs into the cost of each unit as well. I think. Okay, a um, billion pounds. No, not that much. Uh, in 1977, it had a unit cost of 23 million pounds. Can I try and figure out what that is? Can I try, can I try and figure that out? You sir, sure can. Is that maybe 190 million? A little bit less. 152 <sighs> million. Close though, well, yeah. forty million off. Yeah, so it's, yeah, about one and a bit of them off. So yeah, the costs had just gone ballistic missile. Um, so that meant that they sold a few less. Also, the sonic boom was a bit of a problem because yep. a lot of like c- complainers were saying, "Oh, we don't want them flying over our towns and stuff." Like New York banned them for ages. Mm-hmm. Um, just wouldn't let them fly in there, even though it turned out they were actually quieter than okay. some Boeings. Um, so that was another reason. Um, also, there was a big stock market crash in 73, 74, uh, and a big oil crisis. So that had made people quite cautious about high fuel consumption aeroplane models. Um, and, yeah, this kind of gives you an indication of how un fuel efficient they sort of were so the concord with a full load concord achieved 15.8 passenger miles per gallon of fuel while the boeing 707 achieved 33.3 passenger miles per gallon so less than half really yeah and the boeing 747 was 46.4 so like three times more efficient it's kind of the difference between sort of like a Ford Focus and a Porsche. Yeah. And I mean, I guess it makes sense because you were traveling twice as fast. So you, there's just no real way to do that without using up more energy, I suppose. Yeah, you're right. It's got energy got to come from somewhere. It's an excellent point, Laura. You've made it beautifully. Yeah. That's also, me all over. Is that... No, hang on. I think I was very close to saying something really stupid. 
Please um, say it and take some of the heat off me. Well, I was going to say... Already another burp for afterwards. <laughs> even though they're f- burning more fuel, like fewer miles to the gallon, they're travelling for less time, so is that less fuel? But that is a really thick thing to say, isn't it? Um, yes. Yeah. That's not how maths works. You knew that. Yeah, probably. No, because they're going the same distance faster, exactly. so it's more exactly. energy. It's yeah. not that New York is closer in a Concorde. No. no. But it did cut travel times in half. So New York to Paris took three and a half hours instead of seven. Um, and a fun thing was that it flew so high, it flew way higher than other planes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so no one else was really up there on the level that they were flying at. So it meant Concorde had really simple flying lanes. Thank you for saying the phrase flying lanes. I only learned about flying lanes reasonably recently. I can't, I'll tell you exactly where I was. I was with someone who had like a son who was a pilot and was on this app where you can like, you can just see what all the planes are doing. Now, I had just assumed, stupidly, naively, that all planes flew at sort of the same kind of height and just in straight lines. Like you're going New York to Heathrow, you just go whoom, like the crow flies. But look, it's all, like you say, different heights. And there's, like, roads up there. Obviously not physical yeah. roads, but you turn left here and you bank ground here. It's not just up and go. It blew my mind. No. Kind of like shipping. You know, there's shipping lanes and stuff. You don't just also, wang about wherever you like in the sea. Guess what I've just learned about this second? <laughs> shipping lanes? Shipping lanes, yeah. What's a shipping oh. lane? Is it, what, is it that, but... Same thing, really. It's just a, a road through the sea. Why can't you just go straight? Because you'll hit other people. It, they, I think shipping lanes are mainly only used in places where there's a, a lot of traffic. But it's like, you know, where they say, like, the English Channel is one of the busiest sea places in the world in terms of traffic. So if you just had tankers and stuff everywhere, it'd be a nightmare. It'd be a nightmare. And also, occasionally, someone would run over David Williams. Well, yes, quite. You've got to have traffic lights and zebra crossings. Yeah. Um... I always think yeah, of David Williams thing... as being in the in the English Channel. What, just in my you head, think you think he's there more than he's not there. In my head, I know it's not true, but I think David Williams swims the Channel like once a month. <laughs> you know, every other Thursday, he just gre- greases himself up. Well, does that more often? Greases himself up, pops down to Dover as a bacon buddy, swims to Calais gets the sea cat home i know it probably isn't true but it's what i think and that's just a thing you sit at home and think about is it i don't think about it actively about ducks i don't think about it actively but when you say david williams before i think of you know uh little britain or the books or uh, britain's got talent i always think channel i think britain's got talent first hmm I wonder which one he'd be happier with, the fact that someone would think Britain's Got Talent first or someone would think The Channel first. Don't I? Like, neither of us think of his actual comedy first. I thought you were going to say something then that we had to edit out. Uh, nope, <laughs> not on the main flavour. That is all in the Patreon. Um, another thing about flying a bit higher than other planes was that they were above a lot of weather systems. Oh, yeah. So... Um, with other planes, I think they have to read like weather systems quite a lot through the day and adjust the routes for it. With Concorde, they just checked it twice a day, I think, and then set the routes for the day. So it was much simpler. Wonderful. Yeah. 
Um, do you want to know about the little droopy nose thing? Yes, please. It droops for such a simple reason. Can um, I guess? Yeah. So it's easy to see when you're in London? Yeah, it's just so the pilot can see. Yeah. Because it's like super streamlined um, for flight, That's it was just in the way. So they just made it droop so that the pilot could see when they were taking off and stuff. Brilliant. Really good. It just feels like there's a lot to go wrong having a whole movable nose. My nose is movable. No, not as I'm moving... much as a Concord's. Isn't it? But I move moving... a lot slower. But I move a lot slower. You're moving the rest of your face, Will. Move your nose on its own. I can't. No, that's your whole face moving. I can move my nose on its own. Look. I don't like that. That makes me think of uh, Cindy Lou Who. Oh, I love Cindy Lou Who. She's a singer now. Is she? Oh, yeah. yeah. What's her name? She's called something, isn't she? Most people are. Um, <laughs> shall I find out her name? The Grinch film. Guess what year The Grinch came out? I'm going to say... 2002. No, it was 2000. Um, And then the woman's name is Landry Albright. Is it Landry Albright? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. Come on now, it's Taylor Momsen. That's it, Taylor Momsen, yes. Yeah, uh, she's in the American rock band The Pretty Reckless. I wish oh. her well. I wish her well in all her endeavours, actually. Me too, Taylor Momsen. And if you want to send us on a day out, you get in touch and let us know, babe. That'd be nice. They did quite a few special flights in Concord. Oh, yeah? Yeah. In 1973, um, they modified one to put rooftop portholes on so that they could um, go around a solar eclipse and observe it for a super long time so it was the longest observation of a solar eclipse to date 74 minutes of eclipses that is the best thing you've said I don't know how long we've been recording for I don't know how long we're thinking of recording for we could end right now and no one could be annoyed at us that seagull loved it yeah, they've all perked up now. It's cooled down a bit here. It has been a bit too hot, though, hasn't it? It's been very too hot, Will. It's not good for somebody with climate anxiety when it's that hot. Mm-mm. I've been walking the dog at midnight just to, like, for it to be bearable. Oh, I yeah. I found a spare dog yesterday. Found a spare dog? Yeah, I was walking Mackie, and we just bumped into a dog that was just on a walk on its own. And um, I stayed there for a bit, and no one was around. And then I was like, mm, I don't really know what to do. And then I thought, I guess their owner will be along in a minute. Started walking. The dog came with us. And then I was walking for like 15 minutes and this dog was just my dog now. And I was like, this doesn't feel right. Did so it have I a collar in that? Do. No, it didn't have a collar. So there's nothing I could do. So then I checked what you're meant to do. And I phoned my local vets and they were like, yeah, I mean, if no one turns up, bring it down here and we'll see if it's microchipped. So I was like, oh, fucking hell. Here goes my night. Like wrangling a dog into my car. Um, so I was like, I'm going to like loop around. I don't want to just like lead this dog super far away from where it's from. And then luckily I went back and after a couple of minutes that owner turned up and I was like, put a collar on your dog, buddy. Yeah. Look after your dog, you idiot. It was a really nice dog though. Mackie liked her a lot. That's nice. She had really big nipples. And you frozen. So what happened there is I heard you say the word nipples really slowly. (laughs) 
I thought you just didn't want to know about a dog's nipples and had gone really silent. No, no, I, I, I could see you frozen. I heard you say she's got really big, and then you froze, and then like glitching through was nipples. Anyway, what next about Concord, away from stray dogs and their boobs? Yeah, so obviously there's no Concord anymore. They've gone extinct. Um, and mm-hmm. that had already started to be looking bad for Concord by the early 80s. Okay. So basically every year that Concord had been operating, the government had lost money on it because um, it was government owned. I think British Airways is government owned at this point. Um, so they were kind of like, Ugh, we're going to just cancel the whole thing. And then a load of the people that worked on it were like, oh, well, actually, it's going to be a lot cheaper in the future because a lot of the testing and stuff that we've had to do is is kind of done for the foreseeable. Like, we know that it's going to be safe for about 30 years, so don't worry. Um, but the government were like, Ugh, no, this is garbage. I don't want this. And then, in a classic move... Um, the managing director of British Airways convinced the government to sell the aircraft outright to British Airways. Okay. Um, and the deal was very bad for the government. Um, oh it was 16 and a half million plus the first year's profits, which bearing okay. in mind they've never made a profit and mm-hmm. each one cost 23 million to make. It's not a good deal. It's a bad deal, Laura. It's a bad deal. It's a bad steal. It's even worse than a bad deal. Lord Heseltine um, described the deal. He was asked if it was the worst deal ever negotiated by a government minister. This was in 2003, so they hadn't seen Brexit happen yet. But he said, yes, that's probably right. But if you have your hands tied behind your back and no cards and a very skillful negotiator on the other side of the table, I defy you to do any better. That's fair. Yeah, so they sold it to British Airways for next to nothing, and then British Airways got privatised. That (laughs) is how they take your money, general public, and give it to a single person. I'd love to not be skinny. It'd be great, wouldn't it? Well, just be more talented and work harder. No. No, I won't. Yeah, I know you won't. I just don't think I should have to. I've done enough. (laughs) I feel like that quite a lot. <laughs> oh, come on, I'm 35 now. I've been working for years. Yeah, I just think I am... You're saying I've 30 more years? I just think I'm the greatest man who ever lived. I work very hard. I'd like to be a millionaire. Is that too much to ask? Well, I think this fringe is going to do that for you, isn't it? Fucking hell, who knows? Anyway, uh, so they sold it. Michael yeah. time was livid. Yeah, so they sold it to British Airways. British Airways got privatised. Then um, <laughs> then British Airways realised that passengers thought flying on Concorde cost a lot more than it actually did. Really? Um, yeah. So the perception was that it was super, super expensive. But rather than doing an advertising campaign of like, hey, it's not as expensive as you think it is, guys, they just raised the prices <laughs> to what the average person thought it was. Anyway. What did it cost before it got like done over? Oh, it was something like... uh, I didn't write this down because I thought it was boring. It was like three grand or something. It was what they thought it was or what it was? No, what it was. It was very expensive. It was, I think it was the equivalent of about £7,000 in today's money. That is expensive. 
yeah, who wants to go to America that badly? Not me. Um, but anyway, once they did that, it was the first year that Brit Concord had run at a profit. Okay. Um, so then 2003 is basically when they announced that it was going to retire. Multiple reasons for that. Um, partly 9-11. Okay, yeah, of course, 9-11, yeah. A lot of air travel, just nobody wanted to do it. Low passenger numbers. Um, there'd been a crash, which we'll talk about in a second, in 2000 that had made people like really lose confidence in it. And also Airbus, who were the company that like made all the parts, they kind of went like, do you know what, we can't be asked to make these parts anymore. Fair. Yeah, so for multiple, multiple, multiple reasons, um, they were like, we're going to retire this bad boy. And it did like a farewell tour. It went all over the place saying goodbye to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Rolling Stones. I guess so. Have they said goodbye? Though the French call them Le Rolling Stones. (laughs) With an E on the end. There's an E Um, on the end of it in English. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it went to Birmingham and New York and stuff. It went everywhere and everyone was like, oh, Concorde. Because apparently it was on loads of people's bucket lists to fly Concorde. Is it coming back, do you know? Don't think so. It's really not the way everyone's going, is it? Like cheap air travels are big thing now who's going to spend seven grand on a ticket anyone that can afford that's got their own plane yeah maybe i'll buy a concord yeah see if you can see what your profits are from the fringe and then buy one buy a little concord fair play um nice one did they ever crash laura there was a crash yeah so there were a few crashes non-lethal stuff um just some bits would break off but they always landed safely Then in 2000, there was a crash in France. They left Charles de Gaulle Airport. They were on their way to New York, and there was a big crash. It killed all 100 passengers uh, and nine crew members, as well as four people on the ground. Oh, wow. That's really bad. Yeah. And there was a big court case, I think, as to, like, who was in trouble for it. Um uh, and I think um, a maintenance company and, like, a single man did get found guilty of um, negligence that caused manslaughter or whatever the legal term for that is. Sure, sure, sure. But then I think that Corporate got overturned. Something like that. It got overturned uh, after a while um, of people going, actually, um, that's not fair. There were lots of contributing factors. But basically, I think it was negligent maintenance. It turned out to be something like a... There was a part missing from a gearbox box uh which made the plane sort of swerve a little bit on takeoff and then it meant it didn't get up to the right speed and so it crashed awful just very quickly to uh interrupt and go in a slight detour i found out something fascinating a little while ago i might have mentioned it on the podcast before but i think it was behind the patreon paywall so to get a you know to get ahead of this knowledge guys do join the patreon you'll hear my anecdotes twice but you'll remember the first time you heard them (laughs) um there is a some countries in Europe, when you insure a commercial vehicle, you don't insure the entire vehicle. So, like, one insurance company will insure your brakes, your tyres, your steering. Your susp- you, can, you, you sort of piecemeal the insurance. So if ever there are crashes, particularly if that vehicle is then in the UK or another country doesn't do it like that, it takes ages to do an insurance claim. So they've got to figure out which insurance company is responsible. Mm. Isn't that interesting? 
Yeah, also, I don't think you have said that fact before, or if you did, it was a day when I really wasn't listening. Do you know Mike Wilkinson, comedian from the northwest of England? No, I try not to think about the northwest of England. Okay, well, that's going to really a quarter of England are going to not join the Patreon now. Uh, anyway, well, they're all stingy anyway. Fuck okay. me! What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> What's happened? <laughs> We can't have anyone from the Northwest. They're all doing have a word. They're, they can do both. Well, but they haven't so far, have they? Yeah, well, they, they need We've to. We've been up there so many times doing their fucking day trips. Where are they? Not here. Bye. We need, we, we, listen, I want very clearly that that is not the opinion of the National Treasures podcast. That is the South's little voice there, Laura Lex. <laughs> Look, um, I'm sorry that you were born somewhere so remote and neglected. I, but... Mate, I've driven to Somerset. You want to back down when you use the word remote <laughs> about where, I was, where I'm from. <laughs> you didn't argue with me, though, that you're from the northwest. You don't drive for three hours from London to the fucking northwest. It's four, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> anyway, comedian Mike Wilkinson, he buys... Where's BM, he from? Uh, sort of Cumbria, near the lakes. He, uh, God, that's really northwest. He he also um, makes his own jam and honey on his in his house. He's like, of course a, he does. What else is there to do? He lives he, in Cumbria. He's got a little um, like a sort of like a small farm Penis. thing. But you know, like some comedians will sell DVDs or CDs after gig. I'm really sorry, M- Mike w- Will Wilmotson or whatever your name was. If you're listening, Wilkinson. Uh, Wilkinson. You've now. You've now. You've now, by getting his name wrong after hearing it, 30 seconds later, you've moved from uh, cheeky and scampy to just rude there, actually. You've crossed the line. (laughs) Cheeky and scampy. I like those. They are children's television show characters. This is now. This is Ducks. Cheeky and scampy show. This is Ducks in a fucking wind tunnel again. Anyway, he sells the produce that he makes after gigs. Like, anyway, if you want some eggs, I'll be at the back. (laughs) Point is. He doesn't. He fucking does. And do you know what? People love it. He. The point is, finally... You're popping again. Can you just... You're, you're well, I'm, I'm furious and animated. Um, he so buys his cars direct... Shut up! He buys his cars <laughs> direct from BMW. But if you are buying a car what, from BMW... What, just off the profits of selling after-gig eggs? And being a comedian. Like, he's got a job. He doesn't just sell eggs. He doesn't wander <laughs> into gigs with a punnet full of eggs jump on the stage after the headliner and go, by the way, I've got some eggs. He I does a set. Books. He... I've got to stop writing and selling books. Eggs seems to be where the market's at. He does a lot of his material about like making his produce. He's like, well, if you enjoyed that, I'll be at back selling some eggs. And people fucking You're really love it. selling this guy. I really want to watch his comedy shows now. Oh, God. He, I don't think he likes you. So you don't wholesome. think people get a word in fucking edgeways. Sorry. Buying... Tell me more about BM fucking W. Well, the, the point isn't relevant now. It's been so long. I don't think it was relevant to begin with, but please. The point me. is, you can insure, if you buy a card direct right from BMW. Oh, my God. Are we still in... on the insurance anecdote? If, if you'd have let me finish. Rather than claiming I was from a wrong area of the world and slacking off the entire northwest of England. <laughs> you can also get it privately insured from BMW, but if you're buying the car to be driven in the UK, they will not insure the tyres because our roads are in such a terrible condition. That would have been a wonderful little pop in, and I'll say this, but we went on such a goddamn de- detour because of your, I'll say it, racism. Sorry, the northwest is a race now, is it? The way they fucking talk about themselves, yeah. All right, do you want one final fact about Concord before we end this and our careers by putting this online? Um, 
Yes. Okay. Your final Concorde fact is a record that Concorde made, which was the fastest transatlantic airliner flight. They flew from New York to London, from JFK to Heathrow, in 1996, in two hours, 52 minutes, 59 seconds, from takeoff to touchdown. That's very fast. That's incredibly fast. So people could have flown from New York to London faster than I could drive to Kettering, where you were born. I was born in Kettering. Though I do think it does take less than three hours to drive from Brian to Kettering. Do you reckon? Definitely. On the average M25 day? Oh, I don't go that way. Two hours yeah, I guess I do. minutes? When you, you drive it that way... Right now. When you go that way... Yeah, but it's not eight o'clock, fair enough. Do you go... Um, if you were going to Kettering, Laura, would you go... Like past Cobham or past Clackett Lane. Also, look at this. If I put a pencil through my beard, my beard can just sustain the weight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Waze says two hours 33 right now. But that's, that's not much say. different to New York to Heathrow, is it? No. Please don't think for a second that I'm trying to minimise the impressive achievement. <laughs> it really felt of like getting from London. And to answer your question, I'd go via Cobham. See, oh, well, change everything. Go via Clackett Lane and do the Dartford Crossing. No. Yeah, M11, A14. No. Yes. No, why would I ever use an A-road if I didn't have to? Um, I suppose it depends where you're going. If you're going to Kettering, definitely. But if you're going to no. North Brackets General, do you know what? Do what you fucking want. I would absolutely never use one of those A-roads over that way unless I absolutely had to. I hate them well, because they are bottlenecks. Dreadful, dreadful bottlenecks. You can go... You can go past Cambridge if you go my way as well. well. I don't care. I don't want to go past Cambridge. All right. Do you know what? When you're driving... You How have you made you this this argumentative? I've been researching all bloody day to tell you about this. And I was like, all I need from you, Will, is to be delightful and funny. And all you've been is argumentative and angry with me. Uh, no, I'd argue that I've been... I'd, I'd argue that I've been argumentative and funny. Well, if you've enjoyed uh, the deep dive on Concord, let us and know I have. on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening. You're a star. I wish I was doing this podcast with you instead of William. I love um, you, Laura. Laura, grow, grow up and go let's away both, and die. Let's both just do kissing noises into our microphone no. for a minute. I will, but these are for Becca, who sat just behind you. Becca, mwah, Becca, mwah, Becca, mwah, 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 Becca. Uh, Becca, just so you know, Laura's doing kissing noises, but she said they're for you, not for me. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Have you brought Catan with you to Edinburgh? I have. I bought a few board games. I bought Catan, Carcassonne, The Duke. You ever played The Duke? I've never played The Duke, no. You'd like The Duke. We'll play The Duke. It's kind of like um, a bit sort of like chess or drafts. Like it's that Ooh. kind of thing. And you've got to kill The Duke. But each um, each piece can do a different thing, which is on the... Um, you know it's, you know those games where it's sort of all your information's on the tile? But yeah. unlike in chess, so your archers, for example, can fire an arrow, then you have to flip them over, and then next go, they have to, like, knock an arrow, then they can flip them again. So it's more, you've got to think tactically. It's really good, the Duke. We'll play that. Oh, I better be really bad at that. I'm really bad at thinking steps ahead. I'm too impulsive. Tom would be good at the Duke. I'll play yeah, the Duke Tom with Tom. Yeah, Tom would be really good. Yeah, um, and I will watch Real Housewives of Dubai with Becca. I've also, speaking of Tom and strategy, I've had to decline the fantasy football league this year. It just It's too stressful, fantasy football. Is it? 
I just, I think it'd be easier if I knew the first thing about football. Yeah, why would you be in a fancy football league if you just, don't know real football? Just like playing with my friends. Oh, well, let's do like a fantasy comedians or something. What, every laugh you get, you score a point, and if you die, yeah. We'll anyway, come up with some rules. The point is, I love the deep dive on Concord, and I genuinely think that this has been a successful podcast episode. It's a real turning moment in the story that is National Treasures podcast. Also, yeah. and genuinely, if you have enjoyed this sort of format, but would like it with more um, things we're more comfortable talking about, do join the Patreon. You can join it for a fiver a month. You get a weekly podcast that's a bit like this. We argue less, but sometimes we argue more. Um, mm-hmm. And we do a live stream, and it's just a nice little community. And frankly, if we don't make money, we'll die. Yeah, and thanks for listening to this one. We, the, basically, the idea behind this was that we can only afford to do so many days out per year. So instead of having 10 in a row and then a big old gap, uh, we can do this way and run all year. So there will still be just as many days out in your year uh, if those are your favourite episodes. But um, these ones will be in between if yeah. and when you need us. And it gives Boop us more time. I love the chat with Ed because it's been a couple of months since we've done it. Done it? Fucking, I don't think I am. I'm from the Northwest. Uh <laughs> Loved hearing the chat. Like, yeah, I mean, get more time to do that. And I'm looking forward to next week when I can talk to you all about sexy ladies. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see you next Wednesday when we will be talking about pinups on planes. We love you. Bye. We do. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.